Welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of April 30. I'm John Barker from Winning Post. Joining me as usual, my colleagues, Jackpot Joel Marshall, Dynamite, Dan Nuttall. Well, Joel, the focus shifts to Adelaide and uh, kind of to uh, Brisbane as well. But uh, Adelaide mainly this week is the, the only Group 1 race, and that is the Australasian Oaks. And I'd uh, suggest that the Adelaide Carnival has... Uh, gained a little bit this year perhaps from the fact that uh, really the entire Sydney Carnival was run pretty much on heavy tracks or certainly on rain-affected tracks. Um, so there'll be a few non-wet trackers who will be keen to prove a point. And this Australasian Oaks, as I wrote uh, in Winning Post this week, uh, did attract 24 acceptors from, uh, from four states for just the 16 slots. Unfortunately, we've lost the Australian Oaks winner, El Patroness, but uh, it shapes as an intriguing race. Yeah, it certainly does, and I reckon what you say is right. There's been a few of these that have probably dodged the, the real wet tracks in Sydney. Um, only, well, with El Patroness, only two last start winners, but there are certainly some informed fillies there. There's quite a few horses coming off good seconds, good thirds, and I think it's, yeah, I think it's a pretty strong race. Um my whisper looks like starting favourite, and you'd probably agree because she's got that picket fence. She's taken every, um, so, you know, sort of climbed every hurdle that they put in front of her, and she comes off a, a strong last start win in Adelaide. So she's ticked that box, and she's got Jamie Carr riding from a good gate. So probably a deserved favourite, but I think there's plenty of depth to it and uh, plenty of chances. Really looking forward to it. And Dan, in your home state of Queensland, one of the highlights on Saturday will be the victory stakes welcoming the reappearance of Rothfire. And, uh, well, it's uh, hard to believe that it's uh, – well, maybe it isn't so hard to believe, but uh, what was it uh, probably 19 months ago that Rothfire started at $1.55 uh, in the Golden Rose, uh, failed to run a place there, reappeared a year later, unplaced twice, uh, trials the house down and has again this time. Um, hard to go past him on Saturday, but it uh, will be nice to see him come out and win. It would. Uh, pretty good field lined up here. Yeah, yeah, look, if he brings that form from his three-year-old season, he'll be really hard to beat. As you said, the trials have been outstanding, and um, he's unbeaten at the tracks. Uh, adding to that, not a whole heap of speed in the Looks to me no excuses. If he's back to his best, it'll be hard to beat. But, um, yeah, warming up in both Adelaide and Brisbane and um, looking forward to the, uh, the racing in both those states on Saturday. Yeah, when you say the form from his three-year-old season, you're talking about the, his winning the run to the Rose, which uh, was, in fact, his only... He actually only started twice as a three-year-old, but he still retains the imposing record of 11 starts for seven wins. Um, but six of those uh, came as a two-year-old, including, of course, the Group 1, JJ Atkins. As you mentioned, Adelaide and Brisbane, and we'll start in Adelaide because it is certainly the main venue on Saturday. It's, uh, well, it's kind of, it's a Morfordville, well, it's officially a Morfordville Parks meeting, but uh, they are chopping and changing the tracks they're going to run on. The first of the black-type races will be run on the Parks track. That is race, race four, HC Nitschke Stakes. And that is over 1,400 metres at listed level, set weights and penalties for three-year-olds. We've temporarily lost 
temporarily, I hope, lost Dan Joel. So uh, you uh, fire away on the Nitschke stakes. Okie dokie. Yeah, well, it looks um, looks a pretty handy one here that McPrice and uh, McKen Jr. have got a number two elation. Uh, tough ask because not a lot of horses win their next start after winning a maiden, but, uh, well, he bolted in his maiden. and He had trolled okay um, in public and jumped out okay, but I think so. I was watching those markets go up for that meeting at Pakenham, and I think within about two and a half minutes, he was two forty into a dollar eighty, and ended up jumping a dollar forty and and won uh, like a dollar forty shot should. He's well bred. He's from a really good family. Uh, brother to Inference, who won a Randwick Guineas, clearly looks above average, and I think he can take the next step. I think five asymmetrical can give him a run for his money, though. She's done nothing wrong. Never missed the Cornella in five runs. Uh, beat Comica two runs back. She's uh, won twice in town since, so that's a good form line. I thought she ran really well uh, in the list of Bendigo Guineas last time out. Uh, 10 defining in for third. This is another one that's looked very impressive, and she was able to come out of that maiden win at Murray Bridge, where she won by four and a half, and back it up at Oakbank last start. Coming from back in the field and putting five lengths on her nearest rival. So she certainly um, looks like she can take the next step. And in for fourth, number seven, Libby Armo. Uh, gave her a bit of a push last week in the Riddell, and I thought she ran okay. Uh, didn't really have a lot in her favour there, but performed like she was looking for the step up and distance, and maybe on a quick backup she can measure up. She might be the one at a bit of odds to include. And I've got two on top from 5, 10, and 7. All righty. Well, uh, while we wait for Dan to uh, get back online, and I'm certainly hoping it's not going to be one of those days, uh, I'll just give you his tips for the Nitschke, which uh, he's with you with elation to beat defining asymmetrical and perceptive that's two ten five and eight race five at morfordville on saturday uh, is going to be run on the main track and it is the breeders stakes group three 1200 meters set weights for two-year-olds john yeah here i am with uh, the victorian visitor eye of the eagle number two uh, trained by john mccardle uh, well-bred Son of Alpine Eagle out of Tickle My. She was a real beauty of a mare. Um, this bloke had jumped out quite well leading into the debut and the listed Redoute's Choice Stakes. He drew the inside gate, had a lovely run, uh, got out, looked like he was going to ping past Cannonball, but Cannonball showed good fight and had, had the benefit of experience. Uh, they put a bit of a gap on the rest of them. I thought it was a very good debut. He maps to get a very similar run from an inside gate, and I think 1,200 at start two should be perfect. So pretty keen on him. Uh, five see you in heaven she bounced back from that first up defeat at odds on and the punters let her go around at twelve dollars at her next start when winning the dequetable um just probably needed that first up run she's won two of three so she certainly looks to have a fair bit of quality one twin stars resuming uh, for a bit of a break since the since winning the magic millions two-year-old classic on debut at murray bridge uh, looked pretty strong there, sat off the speed and uh, did a really good job. If they overdo it up front here, he'll be very strong late. And in for fourth, number seven, Hope at Hand from the McDonald Lewis Yard. Runner up on debut to Alpha Flight and then turned the tables on that horse at Morfordville last time out. But uh, keen on number two from five, one and seven. Uh, Dan here likes one, Twin Stars, the big See You in Heaven, Eye of the Eagle and Street Delight. So that's one, five, two and six. Race six at Morfville on Saturday is also going to be run on the main track. It is the Chairman Stakes, the traditional derby lead up, 2,000 metres, set weights for three-year-olds at Group 3 level. Joel. Yeah, 
Yeah, I've gone with number one, T Waters here. Just reckon he's ready to peak third up. He showed good promise back in the spring. Uh, one he's maiden easily, went to the Norman Robinson and ran well, and then backed that up with a terrific third in the Victoria Derby behind Itotsu and Allegron, which is, uh, you know, sort of the, the elite staying three-year-old form. And he's had two runs this time in. They've obviously held him back and didn't target Sydney, and this is where they're going towards the SA Derby. And I thought he did enough first up getting back, and he had a slow recovery there. And then took on the older horses in the Group 3 Easter Cup. Had a tough task. They didn't really run along. Sort of nose close to the speed, battled it out. And he had to come very wide from the back. He was beaten eight lengths, but I thought he did enough. He draws five here. He can settle a bit closer. Up and, um, well, not up in distance, but just with that 2,000 metre run under the belt and back to his own age. He's a good price each way. Uh, five, son of Emperor, who won at Caulfield that same day. He took on his own age over the mile and, uh, got handy from a wide gate. Jamie Carr put him on speed and he was a strong winner. Um, so I've elevated him here just having listened to Mick Price post-race. He gave the horse a big rap. And I just, you know, I thought, you know, the win was good, but I think uh, the rap I heard from Mick Price was better and he seems to really like this colt. So we'll chuck him in for second. Four, Harley Moving, perhaps the best of the locals. Um, dominant winner in the Port Adelaide Guineas last time out. Had a good run from Barrier 2. Different story here. Comes up with gate 15. So he is going to need to improve because there's more depth here. But it was a dominant win. And he beat Polani there. And I'll throw him in for fourth. He gets the inside gate. Just seems to be getting better with each run. He's always been consistent. Only got one win, but never too far away. One on top from 5, 4 and 11. And the big one at Morphville on Saturday is... Race seven, that is the Grand Syndicate's Australasian Oaks. Uh, 2,000 metres, group one, set weights, three-year-old fillies. It's on the main track and it's worth half a million dollars, Joel. Yeah, as I touched on earlier, there's a pretty wide race. Um, a lot of chances. I am going to give another chance to Pretty Amazing. I feel like I have a lot of time for from the Chris Wallace stable. Shocking gate. I'm disappointed about that. But um, she was coming along really well. She put three wins together. Um, and interestingly, post that night meeting when at Canterbury three starts ago, um, Chris uh, Waller's uh, right-hand man uh, came on after the after the win and, and said, I've just spoken to Chris on the phone and he thinks this could be our toffee tongue from a couple of years ago. So... Hopefully we'll get to see that because Damien Thornton partnered up with Chris Waller to win this race on Toffee Tongue a couple of years ago. Now, pretty amazing, didn't get to the Oaks in Sydney. She went, went to Kembla after that Canterbury win. Oh, sorry, went to Goulburn and won the Kembla Grange Classic. And then went to the Viner and she was disappointing. I expected better, but she got a long way back and nothing really made ground in that race. Fangirl settled close and uh, her and Hinged pulled away from the rest. So they, 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 I think, just gave her a bit of time off. Didn't bother about going to the Oaks. And have saved her for this, and I think that's the right call. So she's pretty good odds, $17, dollars So I'm going to be with her and, and probably save on number 10, Glint of Hope, uh, because she's a filly I've always had a bit of time for. She got the maiden win out of the way first up. Went to Sandown, got beaten by my Whisper, but only narrowly, and had 61.5 there. So she gets a nice 4.5 kilo weight swing. And then she went to Caulfield and ran very well behind Son of Emperor. Just stating at the 1,600 was probably against but she made good ground from off midfield. So now to 2,000, barrier two. There's plenty of ticks for her. Uh, Six Mile Whisper's done nothing wrong. I, I like the look of her since day dot, and she's really uh, gone ahead and leaps and bounds this prep. So she, I think, is a deserved favourite and will be hard to beat. And two, Barbara Ader, another one that I've always had plenty of time for. She's coming back off that 
heavy miss in Sydney where she just didn't handle it all in the clean of the turf. But prior to that, her form was good. Still a little nagging query about 2,000 metres, but um, she gets her chance here. The other one I'll include in my quaddies, number five, Dusser. Couldn't quite find a spot uh, in the numbers for her, but I have been backing her. And I think, um, you know, 60 kilos at Caulfield the other day, it was just sort of the tune-up run that she needed. Prior to that, she had no luck at Mooney Valley. But uh, final numbers are 13 from 10, 6 and 2. All right, Dan's numbers in the Oaks. Uh, his value bet for the day, in fact, is Bonza Perla to beat Daisy's My Whisper Glint of Hope. That's four, three, six, and ten. If you uh, are interested in trainer Kevin Corston's thoughts on Bonza Perla, Dan's got an interview uh, in your Morphinville form guide in your winning post this week. And uh, just for the record, I should have given Dan's uh, chairman stakes tips. Uh, in race six, he likes Bundle of Fun to beat Harley Move and Gun Deck and Jungle Magnate 14, 4, 2 and 3. Race eight at Morfordville on Saturday. And we're back on the parks track for the last of the black type races. It is the City of Adelaide Handicap 1400 metre listed quality event, Joel. Yeah, I've gone with three more Varda. Uh, the old boy is eight years old. He's got. Pretty consistent overall record, 20 top two finishes from his 57 starts. He's been around the market all of his runs this prep. Thought it was a pretty good effort at Oak Bank where he was caught wide. Uh, gets Jamie Carr on board here. I thought he could break through from five Royal Mile. who's had the two runs back from a spell, been placed in both. Interestingly that he comes back in distance to 1,400. Um, that is the slight negative because he's probably going to be spotting them a bit of a start, but He'll be finishing off strongly. There should be good speed. And one of those horses on the speed will be Groundswell. He was terrible last start at Bendigo, but um, probably you know, against the pattern there, trying to lead near the inside. That wasn't the, the, the place to be. His prior two runs were quite good. He'll press forward here and give plenty of fight. And interesting runner number four, Count of Monte Cristo. He's um, a long time since his last winning ex-Singapore horse. He... Didn't have a lot of luck in a couple of runs for Chris Lees now with Travis Dowdle, who I've got a lot of time for that stable, and wouldn't be surprised if he bobbed up fresh at a bit of a price. Three on top from five, two and four. Uh, Dan is with you in the eighth uh, Morvada. In fact, he's best on the card to beat Zoist, Groundswell and Sansom. Three, eight, two and one. As mentioned, his best race eight, number three, Morvada. Value race seven, number four, Bonds, a Perla. Joel's best race, five, number two, Eye of the Eagle and Value Bet race, six, number one, T Waters. New South Wales Metro Racing heads out of town on Saturday and uh, stays out of town for a couple of weeks thereafter. We go to Hawkesbury. Um, just uh, north of Sneed there and we start... Uh, no, Clarendon Stakes is not, in fact, a listed race. We'll just uh, scroll down to race number six, Joel, which is the first of the black type races. It is the Hawkesbury 4X Gold Rush, 1,100-metre listed quality with nine to face the starter. Yeah, I've gone with six tycoonist. He's yet to win first up. He's had five cracks. He's only got two placings. But he's coming off what I thought was his best campaign last prep. He had four runs. He just missed first up, finishing second, giving four kilos to Mr. Mosaic. Then he won well second up, uh, narrowly beaten third up, and then went to the Gold Coast and beat all-bar isotope in the Magic Million Sprint. So it was a really good campaign from him. 
I think he's taken that next level to be a you know a fringe stakes class sprinter. His his trial last week was enough to suck me into tipping him on top here, even though he will get better next time. I think he'll be finishing over the top of Melkovich, who will be the one to run down. He's uh, back from the Galaxy, probably too wet there. Previous win down the straight was good, and, and he was fourth in the Oakley Plate prior to that. Um, he looks pretty well in with 57 and a half. Five Mar Busher, probably getting away from the real heavy stuff will help, and I think coming back 100 metres is also a positive for her. And one eleven eleven. Well, he's had seven goes first up and has yet to win. So he's probably not a winning hope, especially with 61 kilos. But we know he's talented. And he finished fourth at double figure odds first up last prep. So he's certainly one to include in your trifectas. Six on top from two, five and one. And conveniently enough, they are Dan's numbers in order as well. Six, two, five and one. Race seven at Hawkesbury on Saturday. Blacktown Workers Club Group. Hawkesbury Guineas, 1,400-metre Group 3. Set weights and penalties for three-year-olds. Famously won by Chautauqua one year. Probably no Chautauqua here, but uh, still an interesting race, Joel. Yeah, indeed it is. Um, I'll be uh, having sort of a two-bet strategy here and and playing a few multiples, but uh, the two I like is number seven and 11. I've gone for 11 on top, party for one. She's had the three runs back from a spell. thought she was very good in the PJ Bell at a big price, a bit shorter price next time in the James Carr. And I liked her chase. She was never going to beat Espiona, who turned up and showed her best and, and won by you know, over four lengths. But I thought party for one gave good chase there. She's had the run at 1,400. Blinkers go on, just a perfect setup, I would have thought, fourth up. Uh, she's double figures, as is number seven, I Am Lethal, who is a horse that was pretty good to me last prep. First up in the arrow field, it wasn't his race. Uh, you know, I thought he might run better than he did. He was beaten 14 lengths, but it was just too wet. He just didn't look to handle it at all. And the three that beat him home, I think, yeah, can all turn out to be group one class sprinters. So I think it was just sort of the run he needed. Now he gets on to what should be a better track and gets to 1,400 second up. So I'm expecting sharp improvement from him. And then we've got the class runner, number one, Mr. Mozart, who missed a run in the all-age last week. He was on the ballot. He's coming off wins in the fallout and the Doncaster Prairie. He's got 59, but he deserves it. He'll press forward and take plenty of catching. And in for fourth, I've got six lock eagle. I thought he could turn the tables on Valana, uh, the Godolphin horse out of the South Pacific a, a couple of weeks ago. Valana really dictated there. Uh, it was a, a walking tempo and he held off lock eagle. I think a bit more speed engaged here will suit lock eagle. He's having a, a pretty good prep, but 11 on top for me from seven, one and six. Party for one also for Dan to beat Flying Crazy, I Am Lethal, and Coast Watch, 11-4-7, and Coast Watch is out. So 11-4-7 and uh, hold all tickets for Dan. Uh, race eight at Hawkesbury on Saturday, Pioneer Services, Hawkesbury Crown, 1,300 metres, set weights and penalties for fillies and mares at Group 3 level, Joel. Yeah, there was um, a, f- a few a few horses that I had high up in the numbers that didn't accept here. Um, so sort of uh, with the with the reworking of the tips, I've come up with number two, Mirror Vision, who is going pretty well this prep. I thought it was a career best performance third up in the Coolmore. That was on a heavy track. And, and considering you know, her best in the past has been on good to soft, um, you know, soft five, soft six, just with that bit of sting out. But she'd, she'd battled on heavy ground in the past, but I thought that was a very good effort in the Coolmore. And the next time out at Newcastle, that track was drying, but they were getting away from the inside. She drew two. She was the closest to the inside rail on turning. It was just just caught in the worst part of the track. So 
that could be key again here. Um, sometimes we've seen the fence play a little bit off at Hawkesbury, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, what it plays like during the day because she's drawn the inside gate again. But if all's fair, I think she'll run uh, run you a good race. Ten Brookspire in for second. She's a talented mare. She just got beaten by Expat first up last prep. Uh, she ended the prep with a, a very good effort on the Gold Coast on Magic Millions Day. I expect her to be very competitive first up. Uh, three Wunderbar is a consistent mare. She came back in distance last prep. I thought it was going to suit, but it was strange because they were getting away from the fence. So from gate two, you'd think you'd find cover, but she couldn't. Um, so there was the, just didn't have the cover in front of her and she just got over racing a bit. That probably took away from a finish, but it was a good effort. She was only beaten, you know, length and a quarter there behind Bella Nepotina. So she sets up well in this grade. And 11, Fashionelle. She'd won two of her three first up runs prior to her last prep. And she couldn't go early. She had a couple of sort of duck egg finishes and then she finished the campaign in very strong winning form. But I think she's well set up to get back to her good fresh form here. She's got a good draw. She can posse up pretty handy and she's coming off a nice trial. So I'm certainly including her in the numbers, but two from 10, three and 11. And Daniel's thoughts on that race. Well, he's with Brooks Byer. In fact, uh, Brooks Byer is best on the card to beat Fash Chanel. Mirror Vision and Matchmaker, 10, 11, 4, and 2. Last of the black-type races at Hawkesbury on Saturday is the Richmond Club Hawkesbury Gold Cup, 1,600-metre handicap at Group 3 level, Joel. Uh, number eight, Kerwin's Lane for me. Uh, he finished his last preparation in terrific order, winning uh, twice within a week on Boxing Day and New Year's Day. He had no luck in the Golden Cup first up and then missed a run and he had to go... Uh, six weeks into the Villiers, and it just wasn't the right setup, but he ran quite well, and then he won his next two. I think he's much better to uh, set up this time around to perform very well second up. I like his first up run. He drops three and a half kilos, only two weeks between runs, and prior to that last campaign, he had won his previous two second up runs. So I think he'll run really well, and there's already been some good support for him. Uh, five brutality. I thought it was going quite well this prep uh, prior to the Doncaster, he got back the tempo didn't really suit. So it was a forgive run. And then they tried 2000 again. And again, it, the jury's out whether he runs that trip, but uh, nothing really made ground. Polly Gray won, ran one of the fastest last 200 splits of the day, leading them up over 2000. So that tells you they didn't really go it along. I didn't really go along at too strong a tempo. So I think back to this distance suits brutality. 11 Art Cadeau, he's yet to tick the mile box, but if he runs it, it'll be hard to beat. He was certainly an eye-catcher in the same race as Kerwin's Lane uh, at Randwick second up. He got held up for too long, but uh, really flew late to get into second. And 13, the front man, could be an improver, also out of that race. I thought he ran well first up behind Mr Mozart and just had a bit, bit of a tough run there at Randwick the other day from a wide gate. Drawn better here, and he can posse up closer and, and give you a bit of a sight. But I like eight Kerwin's Lane from 5, 11 and 13. And Dan's picks in the cup. He's uh, – Kerman's Lane, of course, was your value bet, Joel. His value bet is also here, and that's Brutality, to beat Olmedo, Criaderis, and Berbedeck. So that is five, one, nine, and 2. So Dan's value bet race 9, number 5, Brutality. Best was race 8, number 10, Brookspire. Joel's value race 9, number 8, Kerman's Lane. Tell us, Joel, about your best, which comes up in the last race 10, number 7, Samut. Yeah, this is a UK import for Chris Lee's an Australian bloodstock. Really took my eye when she won first up at Canterbury. Didn't beat a lot there. It was a night meeting, but um, just like the turn of foot she showed with 60 kilos. 
uh, to win by over three lengths. And she was going to go to a midweek race, but it was abandoned. So they threw in a late, accept, uh, a late acceptance for the Group 3 birthday card and, and took her there as a bit of a second option. She drew 10, got too far back, uh, finished seventh, but only the winner had a quicker last 200. So I thought it was a very good performance in defeat. They've kept her fresh. She trialled nicely on uh, Tuesday on the Beaumont track. Dylan Gibbons was aboard there, and he takes the ride here, gets three kilos off her back. So down to 56, I think it's a very... Winnable weight for her, uh, but, you know, respecting Norwegian Bliss, who's five from five, and, and even the Godolphin uh, own Suave is a bit of a hope. But uh, I do think Samut can progress to stakes company in time, and if that's the case, she should be very hard to beat in a benchmark 78. All righty, Eagle Farm, the venue for Brisbane Racing on Saturday, and the first of the black-type races there is race five, Treasury Brisbane Dalrello Stakes, 1,000 metres set weights for two-year-olds. Uh, have you had a, look, had a look at Brisbane at all, John? Uh, yes, I have had a bit of a look at the stakes races, Bart, so we can press on there. Excellent. All right. Well, tell us about the Dalrello race five. Yeah, this is uh, for the two-year-olds, and it's a pretty interesting lineup. Um, you've got a, you know, a few Sydney two-year-olds that have made the move up there, um, and a couple that we haven't seen since the Magic Millions. So just you know, the level of improvement could be the key. I am with number nine, Plimstock. Now, I'm not sure 1,000 metres is really going to be her go, but she did win over that distance first up. Uh, that was at Randwick. This is the half-sister to Trekking, so she's got a good pedigree. She stayed at 1,000 metres next time. And look, I thought it was a bit sharp for her, but she didn't pull up all that well. So they gave her a bit of time off. She returns here at 1,000. I think it'll be fine fresh. She'll run you a really good race, but I think she will improve as she steps up a bit in distance. I've got two Brereton in for second, the Victorian visitor from the Moody Yard. Ran three good races during his spring campaign. Was able to win the Group 3 Maribyrn on plate in between a couple of um, respectable defeats. In for third, number five, Jameldi. Got a shocking gate, but he won his first two in Brisbane and then they took him to Sydney and he, well, certainly um, justified the trip because he ran a, a good third in the skyline. Just going to need a bit of luck from that gate. And six, Steady Ready. The market really likes him. He comes off a very impressive debut win at Doombrun where he won by nearly six lengths. So clearly a talent. He's got a good gate. He can measure up. But uh, I've got nine on top from two, five and six. Uh Dan likes Palazzo Spirit there, number three, to beat Steady Ready, Brereton and Midnight in Tokyo. So that is three, six, two and 15. Race seven at Eagle Farm on Saturday is the Treasury Brisbane Queensland Guineas. Uh, and that is a group two race. Over 1,600 metres, set weights for three-year-olds, of course. It's worth 350000 And uh, Dan's top selection here, Green Belt, is out. Joel, what did you like here? Yeah, it certainly opened the race up a bit because he was going to start favourite Green Belt, and he's a real talent, but um, unfortunately he didn't pull up that well from a gallop on Tuesday, and I believe he's headed to the paddock. So, yeah, it's opened this race up, but I've gone with three bend the knee. Got a good gait. He's ready to peak third up. He just found 1,200 too sharp behind Mizzou first up. Like the improvement next time. Again, the tempo didn't really suit, but he was able to save ground near the inside and he got through for third behind Valana. A drawn well, step up and distance should help. I think he'll be hard to beat. In for second, I have number two character. This horse is coming back in distance. He just didn't stay in the derby. Uh, he, he got the job done in the Tullock and prior to that was a good third in the far lap behind Mr. Mozart. So as long as that 
you know, that tough run on a heavy track over 2,400 hasn't flattened him, then I think he's going to be hard to beat. From a good draw, you'll get every chance. I thought the Kiwi Galloper Dark Destroyer could improve. He was a little bit flat first up, but may just have needed that run. Uh, importantly, Sam Weatherly, who rode him pretty well right through his career in New Zealand. Um, he's over here with um, his father's horses in Sydney, so he's been able to make the trip to Brisbane to partner him, and I think that'll help. I think he can run well. And in for fourth, I have number one, Coast Watch. This is another class runner. I think I've got my doubts at him at 1,600. That's the query. Um, but, you know, they had other, Chris Waller had other options to come back in the trip, but they've elected to come here for the mile. So we'll throw him in for four. 15 Festival Dance is the other one I can make a bit of a case for too. She's just got that tricky gait. Uh, three on top from two, four and one at this stage. All right. Well, uh, Dan is left with Ben the Knee on top two from Festival Dancer and Coast Watch three, 15 and one. And race eight is the last of the black type races at Eagle Farm on Saturday. It's the TAB Victory Stakes. 1,200-metre Group 2, standard weight for age. Joel? I'm in number 10, Ranch Hand here, one of the three-year-olds for Chris Waller. Uh, there's not much wrong with his 1,200-metre form. The, the stats say he hasn't won at the distance. He's only one of the 1,100. But some of his 1,200-metre runs have been excellent. They include a fourth in the Coolmore, uh, second in the Eskimo Prince to Pulele. He stepped out in distance to the Australian Guineas last time out. That was way back in early March, and he just didn't run the trip. So I like to freshen up. They had him in a couple of races in Sydney in the last few weeks, but they've just waited for, um, you know, the better tracks. And I think 1,200 metres, he can run you a good race each way, number uh, 10, Ranch Hand. Got him ahead of three, Rothfire. He's a real talent. Got a bit of a tricky gate to contend with, uh, but he's got a very good first up record. The market really likes him. It'll be interesting to see which way the market goes on race day, whether he holds that mark or gets out. I wouldn't be surprised if he got out a bit because, you know, around the 270, 260 market, you could probably take him on at that price. I certainly think he'll run really well. Uh, in for third, Count de Rupi bounced back last time out in the hallmark. He's, you know, it was tough for him in the new market. That was sort of inconclusive. He went to the TJ, never really got into the race. He was able to settle closer last time out. And I think he can do that again from another inside draw and getting away from heavy tracks, I think is a positive. So I think he's worth including uh, number two. And in for fourth, number one, Vega won. He'll be doing his best work late. He's never won fresh. He's never too far away. He kicked off at 1,000 last prep. I reckon kicking off at 1,200 will see him really attack the line. And he could be worth including in your exotics. But for me, 10 on top from three, two, and one. Dan is with Rothfire to beat Vega one, Jamea, and it's me, three, one, 12, and eight. Dan's best on the Eagle Farm card, race nine, number five, go Wanji. And his value bet race one, number three, our intrigue. Anything else took your eye at, uh, at Eagle Farm, Joel? Yeah, not so much as a, as a best bet, but a bit of a ruffian race six. Um, it's the class three plate. And number 15, Famico from the Kristen Buchanan yard, I thought might be able to run an improved race. Actually, she goes okay. She showed good promise early in her campaign. But she's been striking wet tracks. She took on strong races in those provincial championship qualifiers there at Newcastle. She finished midfield both times. I just don't think she really appreciated the heavy tracks. The last time out, I probably expected a bit better. She was onto a soft six at Hawkesbury, never really got into the race. But just hoping a drier track, barrier four, she can get a cheap run. And I think at 40 to one, you can do worse and chuck a couple of dollars each way on her. Alrighty, Sandown, unusually, is the venue for Saturday Melbourne Metro Racing. And 
Rain is forecast. Um, uh, I think six to ten mils forecast on Friday and more than that on Saturday itself. But, um, yeah, I guess you've really just got to hold back and see because occasionally you get that amount of rain forecast in Melbourne and very, very little arrives. I am certainly um, tipping for a soft-ish track. The main race at Sandown is race eight. It's the Ladbrokes Anniversary Vars, 1,400-metre quality at listed level. And uh, I thought Buffalo River might come back a winner this time. Um, but uh, I'm hoping that uh, it is fairly damp because uh, he's had 11 starts on good tracks for no wins. Uh, excellent record on soft and heavy. Uh, how did you see the anniversary bars, Joel? Yeah, well, he knocked me out of the quaddy last week regards to Marie. I took a set against him coming back to 1,200, but uh, that was silly because he got up and won at good odds. So I think this race suits him better. Uh, if he handles the backup, I don't think there's any reason to suggest he won't. I think he'll be very hard to beat again. It was a good win last week. He drops a kilo. Um, you know, he probably won't, wouldn't want it too wet. He's probably in the other camp. Probably you know, wanted to say sort of soft five, not, not much worse. But, um, yeah, I thought on that win last week, he'd be hard to beat again. Six, Ziegfeld is interesting because Gavin Bedgwood has a really good record with these, um, you know, sort of off-casts, I guess, that he's been able to purchase um, these online sales. He's got this bloke from uh, James Cummings from the Godolphin camp, and he's a horse that has showed a bit of promise. He, he hasn't won in Australia, but he's looked the winner a couple of times and hasn't quite put the race away. Just uh, won't want to keep him very safe first up. Uh, one Buffalo River, look, if he's um, ready to go first up, he'll be hard to beat and the Moroni camp's flying. So, look, I think he will be ready and the wetter the better. And uh, I tossed up for my fourth selection. I'll be including Exolita in my quaddy, but couldn't quite put her in my four. Instead, I'll put number 12, Beaufort Park in. Now, he, he's coming through inferior races here, coming through benchmark 78. So I thought it was a good run last week. Not No luck, really. He didn't ever get tested when fifth behind Toka Rangi. And, you know, whilst there's probably easier races for him, I just thought on a quick backup off a luckless run, he was worth including in your wider exotics. But uh, five on top from six, one and 12. Yeah, so I'm another one who left regards Marie out last week. Not this time, uh, but Buffalo River on top and best bet to beat four. Great again, five regards Marie and seven. Superium, as I mentioned, that's my best Buffalo River, my value bet earlier on the program in the 1,300-metre benchmark, 70. Number five to Jumbuck, coming off a win uh, on a soft track and paying around about 11 bucks as we speak. Uh, Joel, what about your specials at Sandown? Uh, yeah, look, um, wait until the last for my best. Um, unfortunately, couldn't get there at Bendigo a couple of weeks ago. It would have been a nice result as, uh, as the very bit Vitruvius, but um, it was a good return. With 58 and a half, he beat all Barlina's legend, who'd had a bit of black type form. He had the blinkers first time, so he was probably ready to go, but he hit the line strongly. Um, it was a good effort. He draws better here. His racing style is to settle off speed, so I don't know whether that good barrier will help him an awful lot, but I think he's in for a good campaign. I think he can progress further than this, uh, so I think he'll be hard to beat. Albeit there's some nice types in it. Eagles Crag, Sir Davey uh, in form. Uh, Sir Davey and Eagles Crag are a promising import. So respecting those two. And my value bet is in race seven. It's number 11, uh, Kaya Cushion from the uh, from the George Osborne stable, a son of Scissor Kick. He's had the two runs this time in, both at 1,200. 
I thought they've been pretty good runs. Just got too far back at sale. Good late sectionals. The race didn't really pan out. Gets in light here with 52. I probably would have liked it to go to 1,400. So it's, you know, it's a bit of a, a, bit of a, a stiff jump, 1,200 to 1,600. But I think he's looking for the longer distance. And yeah, I've liked all of his runs, even though he's only won once and, uh, and placed another time. All of his four runs have had merit. So I think he can run well at each way odds. All righty. Um, Perth, they are once again at uh, Ascot, of course, and there is one black-type race there, fairly small field. It is uh, race seven, Sheila Gwynn Classic. Just the eight in it. Our man in Perth likes uh, number eight, Bazoom, to beat four, Amasinus, seven, D Keeper, and one watch me dance eight four seven and one uh hoops's best race six number nine sneaky chance and value bet race two number six i love your smile earlier in the day across the tasman joel they are racing at tarapa and wanganui indeed they are tarapa uh, has a couple of stakes races um including the Group 2 Phillies and Mares, Travis Stakes. I think two elicits heading to the breeding barn, so it'll be her swan song. I think she'll be hard to beat. Race 7, number 1, I've got her on top. But in terms of the best of the meeting, I'm waiting till the last. Race 8, number 12, Bunkers. Now, hasn't got many recent placings to her credit, but she's been there about. She's got a couple of fourths, a fifth. The last couple of runs, she's finished in the front half of the field, but they've been over 2,000, 2,100 metres. I don't think she really runs that trip. She's off a fresh in here, seven weeks between runs, back to the mile, blinkers first time from a good draw. I think it's a good setup. She's got ability. I think she'll be hard to beat and probably a good odds too. Uh, value bet, race five, number 14, synchronised. This is in the group three, Cambridge Breeders Stakes. It's a strong race for the three-year-olds, always a good field. Uh, the Tiakau team have got a few runners. Cote de Burn for Opie Boson will no doubt be the favourite, number one. But synchronised has been highly regarded by that camp. She had... Um, uh, bone chips removed from her front fetlocks after finishing third down in the South Island back in the spring. Her two trials leading in have been very, very good. So wouldn't be shocked if she ran a very good race here first up. I want to keep an eye on the two-year-old race, race three, number six, Channel Surfer. I went up $34 a couple of weeks ago and they scratched, so I'm expecting a good price. We're having a couple of dollars each way on him. Uh, the other meeting is Monganui, best bet race four, number 10, Arisha Arish, this daughter by a daughter of contributor, just missed as her value bet a couple of weeks ago. It was a good effort. She just couldn't quite get past the winner. But she looks in for a good prep. And I think she'll be too good for this lot. And my value bet is race three, number eight, Never Fear. Only going off one trial where uh, he sat deep and wasn't really troubled to run third. Just, you know, I probably, you know, I'd, normally I'd like to see another trial. But I thought he went well enough. And it's not an overly strong field, particularly with the scratching of Louisiana Man, who was one of the key hopes. So I think uh, worth an each-way bet, the newcomer, race three, number eight. That wraps up another huge Saturday of racing around Australasia. Brings us to our best $20 bet for the weekend, Lazy Lobsters.
well, no luck for us last week, Joel. Uh, so it's just onwards and upwards now. I'm not quite as confident as I normally am with my lazy lobsters, but given that it hasn't been going that well anyway, um, what have I got to lose? It's uh, my my best is going to be Sandown Race Four, Number Six, Lavina. Who uh, will I? Who's first up? Been scratched a few times. Trialed well at one stage, and uh, we'll be hoping for that rain to arrive. I can tell you that Dan is back, and he is going for Eagle Farm Race Nine, Number Five, Go Wanji. What's yours, Joel? Yeah, I'm also going to wait till very late in the day for the last race at uh, Hawkesbury, Race Ten, Number Seven, Samut. Alrighty. That leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. It is online as we speak to you in the shops first thing Friday morning with all the form for Friday night. Deals for the rest of Friday, colours, tips, overviews and our usual great Saturday and Sunday coverage. Plenty of great reading, including Richo this week has caught up with uh, Dick Pittman who rode crisp into second in that famous 1973 Grand National at Aintree, a big, big Q&A there across two pages. Uh, plenty of other good reading besides. Uh, but we will talk to you next week on the P- preview podcast. Uh, back plenty of winners in the meantime.